0: Bonjour tout le monde, Uh, nous souhaitons la bienvenue. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. And as you know, this is week three of our world being turned upside down here in North America and really around the whole world. And it is getting harder and harder for so many out there. Uh, This week, I walked into our bedroom where my wife was working Uh, Tracy is a mortgage broker. She helps people with the mortgages on their homes. And I walked in and I found my wife sitting in front of her computer crying. Uh, She said, Joel, this is so hard for so many people and we are trying our best to help. And I know that's true for many of you. You are trying your best to help others as well. Uh, It's been so beautiful seeing our church's care ministry on the phone every day, uh, calling and caring for people in their homes, senior citizens and shut-ins and the elderly. We love them so much and we are reaching out to them each week. Also, this week, Moncton Wesleyan launched a new website in partnership with World Hope called Get Support, where people in our community can submit what they need And the rest of us can look and see if there is some way that we can help meet that need. The last few weeks, you've heard us talking about getting most of our existing small groups up and running online, too. Uh, And so finally, this week, we are getting ready to launch a whole bunch of new online small groups for you to join as well. Uh, Because these teachings that we do on Sunday mornings, what we do in our groups, we go back through these scriptures together and we see how they apply to our lives and we talk about it and we share together and we pray for one another. So if you would like to be part of a new online small group, go to mw.church groups. It's also been amazing to see Celebrate Recovery move completely online. And we are helping other recovery ministries across Canada get up and running in this whole new format as well because people who've been struggling with addictions, who are finding freedom from bondage, listen, come on, how much more do people need a ministry like this in a season like this? And then uh, our youth ministry for teens called Prime is growing. Each week, students are connecting to our whole uh, new, completely online format. Our children's ministry, you can check out their website as well. Because listen, even in the midst of these limitations, I believe the church of Jesus Christ can thrive like never before. Come on, these are hard times. But we are seeing the glory of the Lord rise up and shine among us. Second Corinthians 4. Verse 4 through 7 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, in other words, Satan is the cause of all these problems in the world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. And so we just want to stop and say, thank you for letting the light of Christ shine through you in this difficult season. We know that you're doing your best to help others in this time of crisis as well. And you are faithfully giving to ministries like this to share the love of Jesus here and around the world. So again, we say thank you. So I don't know about you, uh, but let me tell you, I am ready for some hope from the Word of God today. Amen? That's what we need. And so we're going to start today in Matthew chapter 6. And for the last few weeks, there has been a word that I cannot get out of my head. I've just kept thinking about this word again and again. It keeps coming back to my mind. It's like God wouldn't let me uh, get it out of my mind. And I don't know why exactly. Uh, this is probably not what I would pick to talk about today, but but I just really want uh, to do what I feel like the Spirit of, L- of the Lord has pressed upon me, uh, to share some of these passages of scripture that we're going to look at today. So I'm just going to be obedient, and I hope it is helpful for you today. The word that I've been thinking about is the word muchness. Muchness. And you're like, Joel, I don't even think that's a word. <laughs> but years ago, I heard uh, Joseph Stowell use this word in a way that really impacted my view of God. And I wonder If this is a phrase that needs to enter our vocabulary, the muchness of God. Uh, Maybe Pastor Mark could write some songs, you know, Great is your muchness, Lord. Great is your muchness, Lord. Uh, Some of you who are off work right now, maybe you have experienced a muchness of sleep. (laughs) You needed it much. And maybe this week you caught up on some sleep. One of the things that uh, that I love about motorcycles and sports cars is the muchness of horsepower. Baby, you just twist the throttle on a sports bike and there is much power. And in fact, the very reason that I've had motorcycles over the years is because of the muchness and kindness of my wife towards me. And so hopefully you found Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 26. And as we read this, what I want you to do is look for every time you see the word much. And when you see it, if you've got any kids with you, they can shout it out with you. Whenever you see the word much, I want you to say it out loud, okay? You can even shout it. Matthew 6, verse 26, Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. and yet." Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will He not, what? Will He not much more clothe you? So do not worry. And then, continue into the next chapter, Matthew 7, beginning in verse 9, which of you, if His Son asks for bread, will give Him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Did you catch that? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? And yet, The very lie of Satan, listen, listen, the lie of Satan in the Garden of Eden was to deny the muchness of God. He convinced Adam and Eve that God is stingy, that he is the God of little, that he wants to withhold good things from you. See, Satan's strategy is to blind you to the muchness of God. But Jesus said, that is a lie. Satan is a liar who wants to steal God's goodness from you. John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. A life of fullness and abundance, or dare we say, of God's muchness. And so here's the question for today. How do we access that? In our lives, how do we move from little of God to much? Let's talk about that. And to answer, I wonder if we could spend some time today with a little verse found in the book of James. And so we're going to put it here on the screen so that you can see it. And I want to do something here. Whenever uh, wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, could you just stop and let's read this verse out loud, okay? Read it out loud with me. Here we go. James five sixteen says, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth what? Much. Now, let's let's keep this on the screen so that you can look closely at each word and let's break it down. Notice, first of all, what kind of prayer does it say is effectual? In other words, what kind of prayer has great effect? It says a fervent prayer. Now, what what does fervent mean? Well, it means intense. Fervent means passionate. Sincere, crying out to God. It says that is the kind of prayer that has great effect. But what else do we see here? Well, the effect comes when that prayer is from what kind of person? It says, of a righteous person. Now, don't misunderstand what that means. That does not mean that you have to be perfect for God to hear your prayer. But righteous in the Bible, it means someone who is right with God. And how do we get right with God? Well, the Bible says that it is only through the shed blood of Jesus who died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And so, how do we receive that forgiveness? Here it is. The key is in the very first word of our verse confess. We have to confess our faults. In uh, 1 John 1, 8, Jesus says, or John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so here's what it means. When we do this, Through Jesus, when we finally get to the point where we confess our sin and our selfishness and all the stuff that you've been holding back from God in your life, when you confess and surrender everything to Jesus and you get right with God, righteous, all of a sudden, your fervent prayer starts to become powerful and defective. In other words, your prayer starts to availeth much. It starts to unlock the muchness of God. Some of you know the miracle of Christianity in China. See, in the 1940s, when communism swept in, there were only about a million Christians in that massive country with no missionaries and with no Bibles to speak of, until the 1980s. But under threat of imprisonment and persecution, the church in China grew exponentially on fire for Jesus. And today, conservative estimates say that there are at least 116 million Christians in China. And many are still being imprisoned. And killed and and fired from their jobs or marginalized from their communities and kicked out of their families. In fact, just three months ago, this pastor, his name is Wang Lee. Just three months ago, Pastor Wang Lee was arrested and sentenced to nine years in prison. Here's a picture from the New York Times a little paper you've heard of, right? The New York Times published this picture of another church that was destroyed by the government just recently in 2018. See, every once in a while, stories like these pop up in the New York Times or other papers, but for the most part, we don't even realize how hard many Christians have it in some parts of the world. My wife, Tracy, was reading a book about the Christians in China. And she stopped and said, Joel, listen to this. And she read this section to me where a missionary was impressed by a new young leader in the church. And I want to read it to you. Uh, This missionary said, After we were out of earshot from that young house church leader, my host leaned toward me and whispered, He's going to be someone God can use in a powerful way someday. But you cannot trust what he says now. He hasn't been to prison yet. This was an attitude that I would encounter often in China. Personal trust and respect for spiritual maturity were often in direct proportion to the amount of suffering that had been endured for the faith. If someone had not yet experienced personal persecution and suffering, Trust was withheld until that happened. Now think about how different that is. See, as Canadians, we often mark spiritual growth, you know, by like how big your church is or how much money you give or how many ministries do you lead, how much success have you experienced in your life. But Christians in China measure spiritual growth by how many years you spent in prison, persecuted for your faith in Jesus. How many hard times God has helped you to endure. The president of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago was talking with some of their Chinese students at this uh, this ministry school. And he said, you know, I guess when you go back to China, the fact that you are graduates of Moody will give you a little stature or, you know, to build a platform for you to be able to become leaders in your nation. And they said to him, oh, no, no, no they said, actually, when we go back, they will listen to us pray. And that is what will qualify us to serve as leaders in the church in China. They said, we measure Christians, not by their performance, but by their prayer. See, powerful, effectual, fervent, Prayers come when we realize how much we need God. And so often it's when the storms rage and the winds blow and when we lose our job and, and, and when, when cancer strikes and, and when coronavirus shows up at your doorstep and when your friends betray you and the world rejects you. Many times these are the very times that our prayers finally become fervent and effectual. Because finally, finally we are shaken out of this comfortable little bubble and we realize how much we need God. And it says in Scripture that it is the fervent prayer of a righteous person that availeth much. Now again, that's not a phrase we use very often, is it? Availeth much. Think about it. Outside of Scripture, when is the last time you heard somebody say that something availeth much. We don't say, for a stinky man, the scent of a good deodorant availeth much. (laughs) Maybe we should, but we don't. Uh, Or we don't say, on a cold winter morning, the strength of a good cup of coffee availeth much, (laughs) even though it does. But yet, availeth is kind of an old-fashioned word. And so, what does that word mean? Availeth means to accomplish, to overcome, to empower, to imbue with strength, to do things and get through things that you would otherwise not be able to do. That is the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous. It has the power to reach into the heavenlies and unlock the muchness and abundance of an all-surpassing God. And So can I just ask you, what is the muchness of God that you need today? Maybe it's a situation at work. Maybe right now with your business, you don't know what to do in this crisis season. Maybe Maybe you work at the hospital or in the medical field and you're afraid and you don't know what to do. Is it a financial situation? You're in a mess and and you need the wisdom of God right now. Is it a relational issue? Maybe you need the power to forgive someone who has hurt you. Is it an emotional thing? Maybe you're wrestling with fear and insecurity this week. And you need to know the abundance of God's love for you. Is it someone that you love who is lost and doesn't know Jesus? And your heart breaks because you know that if they were to die today, they are not yet ready to meet God. Every year, there's a Christian conference in a place called Keswick in England. And so every summer, 3,000 Christians come to this long-standing Bible conference, doubling the population of this little town. And so for one week, this little town just explodes with Christians. They're all over the place, filling up the hotels and shopping in all the stores and eating in all the restaurants. And so what is it that happens in Keswick when all these Christians show up? Here's the story of one of the residents of that town. She says, I work in a little gift and sandwich shop in town. Years ago, when all the Christians would show up for this conference, a lady named Winnie came into the shop every day where I work. We struck up a conversation, and I could just tell there was something really different about this lady. I watched her, I listened to her, I felt her love. I was drawn to her. The week of the conference was done, and with all the other Christians, Winnie left. But every year, I would look for her to come back again into the shop. And she never did. I never saw her. Several years later, I felt an almost physical, irresistible drawing of my heart to Jesus Christ. She said, I tried to shake it. I tried to dismiss it, but it was irresistible. She said, one day I was walking by an Anglican church and I went in and the pastor was there and I shared this and he opened the Bible and he led me to Christ. A couple of years later, somebody came into the sandwich shop and asked, do you remember Winnie? I said, oh yes, every year I look for Winnie. I wish I could see her. I'd like to tell her that I have accepted Christ as my Savior. And this person, this person said, wow. Well, guess what? She said, I am a friend of Winnie's, and she wanted me to say hello to you. And do you know what? She said every single day for years, ever since she left this conference, Winnie has been praying for you, that you would come to know Christ. See, Winnie believed in the muchness of God. She prayed for that lady every single day for years, believing that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous woman availeth much. And so years later, finally, Winnie was able to go back to the conference, back to the town of Keswick. And she went back to that little shop to see this woman she had prayed for all those years and this woman who is now her sister in christ said winnie you don't know the grip that satan had on my life when i met you that day bondage chains fear satan had a hold on me but the prayer of the righteous availeth much satan lost his grip And the lavish love of God was finally able to break through into her life. And so as we head into this Easter season this week with Holy Week, uh, if you go to our Moncton Wesleyan Facebook page, we have all kinds of resources for you. And we're going to have special uh, Facebook Live devotionals that we're going to put out throughout the week this week. And we also have a special Good Friday service that we're going to do live This Friday, online, with communion, we invite you to join us. But listen, here's the thing. As we head into Easter, Resurrection Sunday, next week, I believe that we are at a critical moment in history. We are at a moment when all around the world, all of the other things that people have been putting their trust in have been stripped away. And for the first time in many people's lives, we don't know what to do. And the fact is you can only watch so much Netflix before you finally realize it's meaningless. You can only watch so many movies. You can only watch so much news on TV and wander around on the internet for so long before you realize those are just distractions from what really matters in life because there's only one place where we can find the security and hope and the meaning of life that we have been looking for and it is in the arms of jesus in the truth of this book his word and i wonder if this week might finally be the week that people might accept your invitation to join us online for easter service next sunday Because you see, as we've talked about today, the most powerful thing that you can do for that friend or loved one is to pray for them. Uh, And so tonight, we are going to live stream a special prayer service to get our holy week started. Uh, Join us right here at 8 o'clock. Atlantic time, 7 o'clock Eastern, and tonight we're going to come together and pray for government leaders and essential workers, for health care, and most importantly, listen, we're going to pray for your family and friends tonight. Because all throughout this week, we are praying for the lost, for people who don't know Jesus. And I think it's safe to say that this is going to be unlike any Easter ever before in history. Isn't that true? I mean, come on, for the first time in history, millions of people will be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on the internet. I wonder if we might break the internet next Sunday. I I hope not, but you never know. Uh, And so just like me, I know that you have been praying for people who don't know Jesus. And I wonder if this Very strange season that we are all living through right now might actually be the season when they finally open their hearts to Jesus. And so let's join together believing that the fervent prayer of a righteous people availeth much this week. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we we thank you for the power of your word in our lives. It is light in our darkness. It, it orders our steps and is the foundation for the structuring of our lives. Lord, we've tried the world and we know that it does not satisfy, that only you satisfy. And right now, Lord, first of all, for anybody who... Needs to tap into your muchness, Lord. Whatever that means for you right now, I wonder if there are some who confession means that it's time for you to finally give your life to Jesus and you've never done that. And so, if that's you and you're ready, if you feel God speaking your name and you're ready to surrender to Him, the Bible says that you need to confess your sin that you've been living for yourself rather than for Him, and then believe that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for your sin, receive that gift of forgiveness, surrender to Him, and follow Him for the rest of your life. And so if you're ready today to confess how much you need Him, believe that Jesus died for you, and receive that gift of forgiveness in your life, let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, These are Your children, and right now in their hearts, they're getting ready to say this prayer to You. I confess, Lord, that I've been living for myself rather than for You. Just tell Him right now. Confess. And do you believe that Jesus died? Make that declaration right now in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for the the forgiveness of your sin and receive that forgiveness. Invite Him to come into your life, His Spirit, His Spirit, to come in and fill you as you surrender to Him and commit to follow Him now and for the rest of your life. Did you do that? I hope so. If so, welcome to the family of God. And we would love to celebrate with you and help you take some next steps to get started in this relationship with Jesus. And, And so if you'll go to Mw.church slash connect card. And there's a place there where you can check the little box that says you made a decision for Jesus today. And we will follow up with you this week. Now listen, we're going to get ready to worship right now. And so let's go to the Lord in celebration and praise. Let's declare his goodness and and, and may we be effectual and fervent in our worship because these songs are really prayers to him. And then in just a minute, I'm going to come back and we're going to share some good stuff at the end. We'll see you in just a minute. Let's worship together.